Hello everyone, happy holidays to you on this Christmas week. I'm Lance Fieser, she is Carly Murata. We decided we would not do Sports Extra on Christmas Day and instead mm -hmm. give you a special Wednesday edition here this week as we prepare you for the Duke's Mayo Bowl, which is a thing this year. <laughs> and also we you have Packers excited. and Titans. Yeah, you're very excited, <laughs> right? It, I am. It could be a jarring experience for the Badgers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm excited. It's one more game, one more chance to end the season on a high note. I know it's a weird name and a weird year, but what's another game this year? It's good. That was a Mayo pun, Carly. <laughs> I missed it. I just Jarring Sometimes I just goes over my head. But sometimes think, I think you avoid them just so you don't have to acknowledge I do, and the songs puns. and the movie references, sometimes I just kind of... Okay. Go. <laughs> All right, no more puns for the I rest of Sports you, Extra. All right, so we're going to move on, and we're going to start by talking about the Duke's Mayo mm -hmm. Bowl. So the Badgers did elect to play, and first off, Carly, I wanted to get your thoughts on that. There were mm -hmm. a lot of Big Ten teams that decided not to go ahead and play a bowl game. A couple of them were dealing with some COVID-related issues, but I know... When talking to the players this week, they said a lot of them were mentally fatigued, so you could understand why a lot of teams decided not to even bother with what is essentially just another road game. Yeah, they talked a lot about that mental fatigue and a lot of it just being the season and them not being able to see family this year and just how weird it's been just being in that bubble. But they were asked, they said, what was the high point of your season this year? And they said that win over Minnesota, every single player we talked to this week said winning the Axe was the high point. And one of them did say if we lost that game and had a losing record, it might have been a different story if they wanted to play in this bowl game, but they are playing in it. So let's talk about about the Badgers offense. One of the factors in the win over Minnesota, Chase Wolf. He came in when Graham Mertz was injured and Wolf was four of five for 15 yards and a touchdown, one interception as well. Before the touchdown, people kind of forget about this, but Mertz was getting in a groove here with two completions to Jack Dunn and another one to Jake Ferguson. Before he got injured on this run, he gets hit really hard. It's an upper body injury for Graham Mertz. So the big thing this week is Paul Chris did not give any indication on who would start at quarterback, whether it's Graham Mertz or Chase Wolf this week. So we'll still need to hear about that. Who will be starting in the Duke Mayo Bowl? And then another thing is Jack Cohen. He's entering the transfer portal, so he will also not be available this week. But some optimism surrounding Jalen Berger, the running back for Wisconsin. The Big Ten shortened that protocol. It used to be 21 days out after testing positive for COVID. It's now 17, and the bowl game falls on day 19 for Jalen Berger. So he is eligible to play, so he will likely be back. And then still question marks surrounding Kendrick Pryor and Danny Davis, the wide receivers. Will they be back? Paul Chris didn't really answer that question, but it just feels like it's been a long time since we've had both of them in the game. We've been talking about this all week. Will we get those offensive weapons back or not? So the last time they really had their full offense together was probably that Michigan game. That, mm -hmm. that was the last time we really saw Danny Davis, and, and obviously now Graham Mertz is banged up. And so even if they get Jalen Berger back, some of these receivers, now you have Chase Wolf. So it's been a bad offensive season for the Badgers, but you also understand that it's because they've never had their true offense mm -hmm. together. You don't want to make excuses for the fact that they only scored seven or less points for three straight games, but... You, you do understand why it was a bit of a struggle. So when you look at who their opponent is this week, we're kind of learning on the fly here. We didn't have a lot yeah. of time to study up on Wake Forest. They're sitting at four and four. And I wanted to tell you a little bit about what they do on the offensive end, because defensively, they're just okay. They rank 10th 
in the ACC and defense. So nothing that necessarily scares you there. It's where they put up points on the offensive end that really could draw some concerns for the Badgers here. And if you look at their ranks within the ACC, they're third in scoring near 37 points per game. That's a lot. Sixth in the ACC in total offense, averaging 435 yards per game. You could see by these passing and rushing statistics, they, they are going to want to throw it. They, they have a quarterback by the name of Sam Hartmer. He thrown for 1,906 yards this season, averaging about 240 yards per game. Ten touchdowns, only one interception. So he has not, Hartman has not turned the ball over a lot this season. So that's going to be interesting as far as the matchup goes. Like I mentioned, this isn't a great defensive team as Wake Forest. So you expect maybe the Badgers can put up a little bit of points, although their offense hasn't looked great. You don't expect this to be a shootout necessarily. So the question is kind of how many points will the Badgers defense give up? It's a very good defense. We've seen that. They've proven that time and time again this season. This is a pretty good offense, though, and the key maybe is going to be to force some more turnovers than what Wake Forest normally does because their total offensive numbers, sixth in the ACC, that's, that's just middle of the pack, but they're scoring, and that's because they're getting drives going and they're not turning it over. So when they get short field uh, situations, they're able to punch it in. So it's an opportunistic Wake Forest offense that the Badgers are going to have to try and find a way to stop mm -hmm. because, again, the offensive struggles remain for the Badgers, even in that Minnesota game that they won. It still wasn't easy for them, and as you mentioned, we don't know who's going to even be playing offense for the Badgers this coming week. Yeah, and another thing for Wake Forest, they've only played one game since November 14th. They had two opponents cancel on them, so the Badgers might have a little momentum heading into this little more experience at this point in the season heading into the bowl game. Their last win, Carly, was yeah. in October. October was the last time Wake Forest has won a football game. You mentioned they played one game in five weeks, mm -hmm. so we really don't know what we're going to see from Wake Forest in this game because they haven't played very many games here the last two months, and a lot can change in five, six weeks from the last time that Wake Forest was really in a groove with their season kind of going at a decent clip before COVID cancellations really sidetracked their season. All right, moving on. We're going to talk about predictions on that game in a little bit, but first yep. I wanted to get some thoughts here on the Packers Titans. Here's Huge a game. scenario. The Packers have a chance to potentially as early as this week lock up the number one seed in the NFC. For those of you uh, wanting to understand how important that is this season, in years past, two teams got a bye. This year, only one team will get a bye, first round bye. It's vitally important, not only for home field advantage, but for that bye. So the Packers need to beat the Titans and get a Seahawks loss this week to basically lock it up. There's scenarios there where they could lose this week, still beat the Bears, still get the one seed. They're at, they're at about an 80% uh, chance, I saw 538 predicted, of the Packers locking up that one seed. But what do they need to do to try and get that win and do it this weekend, Carly? Okay, well, everybody's talking about Derrick Henry, right, in this Packers rush defense. Is it good enough to contain Derrick Henry? So, you know, he's the best rusher in the NFL. And when we're talking about Green Bay's rush defense, they're allowing on average about 110 rushing yards per game, which ranks 11th in the NFL. So it's not too bad. I think everyone is really hard on this Packers run defense, but 11th in the league isn't too shabby. So Derrick Henry, he already has over 1,600 rushing yards. He's averaging 5.2 yards per carry. Like I said, the best rusher in the league. He has an NFL leading 15 touchdowns that is tied with Delvin Cook. 
And when thinking about Dalvin Cook and how the Packers defense responded to him, it, it wasn't so good. Cook did score four touchdowns in that game. Um, Ryan Tannehill, the quarterback, he's second on the team in rushing touchdowns, and you see a lot of that in the red zone. Everyone thinks he's going to Henry, and then he runs it in, and he's wide open. He has 173 yards in the ground, and he's also really good off of play action. So according to Pro Football Focus, the Titans lead the league in passing yards off of play action, over 1,400 yards there. So today, Preston Smith was asked about play action. He said, we're going to impose our will on the running game, then turn to play action. But first and foremost, they want to stop the run and not let Derrick Henry have a career day. So that, that is the mentality. Just contain him, not let him have one of the best games of the year against the Packers. And the big thing is with the play action, too, they do have weapons on the outside that are good too. I know so much focus is on Derrick Henry, but there's Corey Davis and A.J. Brown as wide receivers. So, you know, this offense is really good. Yeah, A.J. Brown's a home run hitter. Corey mm -hmm. Davis is a solid uh, number two type receiver too. So you mentioned this is almost kind of a matchup nightmare for the Packers defense. That A good running back who they're willing to give it to 30 times a game, mm -hmm. that, that's not a great script for the Packers. On the flip side, Green Bay should be able to put up some uh, points against this Tennessee defense, which hasn't really been very good this season. And in prime time this year, the Packers have been lights out as a team in totality, but especially on the offensive end. I want to show you some of the stats here. They've played five primetime games. They're 5-0 in those games. This is going to be a primetime game. Look at the average, 33 points per game, number one in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers, 16 touchdowns, zero interceptions. When you hear the MVP talk, it's because of this. In big games, he has been absolutely lights out. And Robert Tunyon, the Pro Bowl snub, six receiving touchdowns, number one in the NFL in primetime games. He's been very good. I think the Packers are going to put up some points here. This could really be a shootout, Carly, because we mentioned, I think with Derrick Henry and the weapons that Tennessee has, they're going to be able to have sustained drives. On the flip side, I think the Packers could be poised for some big plays of their, their own. Yeah, and the Titans gave up 41 points to the Cleveland Browns, who I know are a lot better this year, but the Packers are not the Browns. So I, I agree with you, this could be a shootout for sure. Before we get to our predictions, mm -hmm. we did have a poll question of yep. the week. I know Let's you have the results it. over there. It was about the Packers trying to lock up the number one seed in the NFC. Let's yep. take a look at that poll question. Will the Packers beat the Titans to help lock up the number one seed? Yes. Slight, slight majority of you think it's going to happen. And again, we should mention they don't necessarily have to win this game to get the number one seed. They could also find a way to do it just by beating Chicago Bears next week. And to me, that seems like more likely of the two wins to happen would be actually the Bears game. Going to get to that in the predictions in a second. But that is the prediction from you, the fans. Now, Carla, we get to get to our predictions. Well, we have some comments, too. We Can do? Read a couple okay, comments go ahead and go that? for it. Yeah, so Scott Brown says, depends. The offense has to light it up early. The defense has to play lights out. Special teams can have no mistakes. It needs to be a complete four-quarter game. And, I mean, I agree with Scott. They they were really inconsistent last game, and they can't be inconsistent and have that offensive lull against the Titans this week. Um, James, he's hating on the run defense. The run defense stinks, so no. Um 
And, you know, I think they can win. I'm more excited to see Derrick Henry throw players out of his way is what Allen said. So okay. a, lot of, a lot of people, you know, didn't he stiff arm some guy last week? We, oh, we yeah. have a lot of excitement to look forward to with Derrick Henry coming to town. Derrick Henry will put you on a highlight reel, and it won't be pretty. You'll be getting run over in a hurry. All right, so let's start with our predictions now. Let's go back to the Dukes Mayo Bowl. The okay. Wisconsin Badgers are taking on Wake Forest. And the Badgers are six-and-a-half-point favorites in this one against a Wake Forest team that we mentioned just hasn't played very much recently. Yeah. What do you think happens in this one? Six-and-a-half points. Um, I, I think the Badgers will be able to cover that spread. I don't know. Paul Christ is 4-1 and one in bowl games. I know it's hard to really scout Wake Forest at this point, but um, the Badgers have some momentum coming off that Axe game. I think maybe they can put together a complete game. Jalen Berger returning. I think Graham Mertz will play in this game. I think he'll start, so um, I'll take the Badgers to cover. Yeah, the seven-point spread, six-and-a-half-point spread scares me a little. I know. Just because of the amount of points the Badgers have yeah. been putting up. That's, I mean, they're, they're struggling to put up seven points mm -hmm. in a lot of these games. But I do think the Wake Forest defense is not yep. very good, so I do think they'll be able to get at least a couple of scores. I hate to always side with you, Carla, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with you on this one. I think they find a way, in large part because I just don't know how good Wake Forest is going to look. Mm -hmm. One, they're rusty. We mentioned they haven't won a game since October 31st. And two, when you look through their schedule, I mean, they don't have great wins on mm -hmm. the schedule. They beat Virginia Tech. They beat Virginia. Those are some solid wins. Um, but they're 4-4 four and four on the season. You know, I just don't know how good Wake Forest is. So I think the Badgers defensively are legitimately that good, and they can slow down this Wake Forest offense enough for the Badgers to cover that 6.5-point spread. All right, so now the real prediction, if this you will. Here we go. 3.5-point favorites. The Packers are at home against the Tennessee Titans. What happens, Carly? Okay, I've kind of been going back and forth on this all day, but my final answer is I'm going to say that the Packers cover. I know that their offense was really inconsistent last game, and that's what scares me. Like I said, they can't have that happen against the Titans, but I think Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur are going to put it together. They're going to be able to have a complete game. The Titans' defense isn't that good like we've talked about. So um, I think Packers win the shootout. I think they'll cover the spread. Uh, it's tough because, you know, I'm putting some trust in that defense, but... I think, I don't know, I think the offense will get it done. That's, that's what I'm hoping for. I think the Packers will clinch the NFC's okay. number one seed next week in oh, Chicago. Oh, come on. <laughs> this game has been kind of circled on my calendar yeah. for the last month when we knew that there was going to be a race down for that number one seed between the Packers, Saints, and Seahawks. This was the one game that always scared me, and it's because of the matchup you talked about. I, I really don't like the Derrick Henry portion mm -hmm. of this. And I think Ryan Tannehill and his weapons are just good enough where this this could be a bit of a shootout. And I'm going to say that this is the one slip up for the Packers down the stretch. I mean, they've been fantastic. Trust me, uh, there is no doubt in my mind that the Packers can win this game. I understand why they're favored by three and a half, but I just feel like this, this is the one type of matchup that always scared me for the Packers to face a running back like this mm -hmm. with a quarterback paired with them that can keep you balanced and keep you off balance as a defense. So I think the Tennessee Titans might pull this one out. And then, like I said, I think the Packers will win in Chicago next week. Through tiebreaker situations, that will be enough to get them in as the number one seed in the NFC because they have the head-to-head -head tiebreaker over the Saints. And then as you and I were going through the whole yeah. tie-breaking scenarios, 
Um, as long as they can beat the Bears, they'll have a better NFC record than the Seahawks. So even though they haven't played head-to-head -head with the Seahawks, that would be that tiebreaker there. So they'll still be okay if they lose this game and win next week. And I think that is the more likely scenario for the Packers to get to that number one seed in the NFC. Yeah. So those are our thoughts. None of you chimed in. If any of you uh, have anything to say, feel free to chime in right now on Facebook Live. Otherwise, Carly? Yeah, for me, I, I just feel like the Packers team last year would lose this game and it would be up to the, the Bears game to clinch that number one seed. You know, I just feel like they took another step this year and I want to see them win this game, clinch the NFC, number one seed, head into the playoffs on a high note with some confidence that they can beat those really good teams. But doesn't it just feel like it should be in it, Chicago, it, <laughs> week 17, to get the one seed in the – just have something to play for. Otherwise, it's like, well, do you play Aaron Yeah, Rodgers, well, we see Jordan Love. You know? yeah. Well, although I will say this. Remember, just because they win this game doesn't mean they clinch because they need Seattle to right. lose as well. So they could win this game, and we still have them in a situation where they have to win next week in Chicago. Maybe mm -hmm. that's the scenario mm -hmm. that uh, we could have kind of a little bit of everything where they win this week and have to win next week. We still got, I want drama. You know, I want week 17 drama. Don't you want drama in week 17? And there's been too much drama this year in 2020. <laughs> I just want, let's just get there and then let's, you know, talk Super Bowl. Maybe that's what I want. All right. Well, according to Carly, they'll be benching Aaron Rodgers next <laughs> week, just having him rest up for the playoffs. Who knows what's going to happen, but uh, we're going to talk about it next week on Sports Extra. Mm -hmm. That'll do it for this week's edition, the special Wednesday edition of Sports Extra. I want to thank all of you who joined us on Facebook Live or check this out on WKOW.com. Have a happy holiday, everybody. Until next time, we'll see you later. Say goodbye, Carl. Good night.